A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 7, The Failed Priest. We had a couple different options, I guess, for this episode. We could have done the failed father, the failed husband, failed polygamist, the failed priest. Maybe the next few episodes should be named uh, after those. We definitely need a failed father episode. I think he's earned it at this point, whether he knows it or not. I was kind of bummed that we didn't have a uh, Janelle photo update in the intro with her and her dogs instead of pictures of her and Cody. Yes, that was overwhelmingly demanded last week when we live tweeted the episode so someone's got to make it happen just saying dlc let's give the people what they want you know you want to tell us what this episode's about so the tlc description for this one is cody feels conflicted officiating a wedding while going through a divorce christine and janelle are floored as cody breaks covid protocols for his friend but not his family then cody and christine argue over selling her house and the custody agreement. It was amazing how they seemed to connect the dots on the fact that officiating wedding while you have multiple failed marriages is a little hypocritical without them actually hitting on the word hypocrite. I think we're there, aren't we? Yeah, and I think it's interesting to imply here that Cody and Christine are selling a custody agreement as well, too, because that's what the verbiage implies by the uh, last sentence there. Cody and Christine argue over selling her house and the custody agreement. How much is it going for? We don't know. Going for the price of that house. Opening That's what bid. It's going for. Yeah, opening bid for Cody to get that custody agreement. I've got a little rewrite of my own. Cody uses his drive to Oklahoma to draft watcher letters to send to Christine's new house. Truly processes her parents' divorce in the time it takes a brick of ramen to cook. Janelle loses the RV's manual. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. This episode. I didn't expect the whole Watcher storyline to come in full force here, but we just jumped right in. It fit. It was beautiful. 
It comes up multiple times. We even got Robin. Yeah, she's working. doing some watching for she's, sure. Yeah, she's on the job. She's finally employed. I guess that's the good news. More of a hobby at this point, like so many of the jobs that she's had in the past. All right, before we jump to this episode, we have to talk about the mid-season preview that was released earlier this week. This was on People Magazine, People Magazine, People.com. What do they call themselves now? The People People. People, all capital letters. That's what they go by. People. It's like time, but it's, but it's people. Still to come this season, we have the knife and the kidneys conversation. We know that's coming up. We haven't seen it yet. We have Christine officially leaving the family. Robin's kids having some type of awkward stare down against Christine, her kids, Janelle, her kids. It's, it's odd. Cody learns how divorce works. It's all very new to him, but he comes to the realization that Christine doesn't have to stay there. She gets to up and leave because she's not married to him anymore. That's right. Christine gets to up and leave. You know what? While we're at it, Mary, she can fuck off too if she would like. He really doesn't care if she sticks around. If she doesn't, doesn't matter to him. Once he finds out about all those official things about divorce, he's like, actually, we should probably make it official. My divorce with Mary. Go ahead and do that. She can go ahead and ship out too. And then the most shocking thing about the preview is what appears to be his marriage to Janelle continuing to spiral downwards. See, when we had people speculating on Janelle's social media posts more recently here, that maybe Janelle had left Cody as well, too. I thought that's a bit of a stretch because that's kind of her standard operation there as well, too, is independence and distance. She kind of she can pick up and go and, and does whatever she wants as well. But now we're seeing that Cody appears to threaten her independence, which is going to be a big problem. Right. With just from these clips, it's like I could see that being a possibility. We might have Janelle dip out on the family here too we do know that she's maintained a very close relationship with christine since she left which based on how cody's handling the divorce so far doesn't seem like something that he'd be a real big fan of so maybe she is uh having less of a relationship with cody these days and that's not all we also have footage dramatic footage of robin contracting covid life or death scenario in the hospital very serious medical situation going on. She's like in the emergency room. Right, yeah. She's not in the hospital on a ventilator. Eh, so not. let's not take it that far yet. But well, I think she assumes that at any moment, they're just going to come in and vent her as she's filming this. So we get to see Cody's reaction to that. Obviously, he doesn't take it well. He seems to forget that he has had another wife who has had COVID and he didn't really seem to care too much about how that affected her, but it nearly sent his world crashing down when he had to watch Robin sick with COVID. People were pointing out on the Discord, we were talking this week about how it's only fair that Robin has a little bit of a rough go here with the COVID since she automatically assumed Janelle was going to have a really tough bout since she's so fat, as she described. Karma comes back, y'all. So... <laughs> Watch out, Robin. You're not the spring chicken you once were for dealing with COVID. And I'm guessing we're going to see Cody have COVID as well because we know that he has said that he had it previously. And is there a chance in hell that Robin and her household got COVID and he didn't? No. Oh, especially if he's talking about how concerned he was watching Robin. He wasn't sure if she was going to make it. You don't think he was kissing her every day, <laughs> telling her how much he loved her, how much he needed her to get better? He contracted it. 
Never left her bedside. Right there. Right at the bedside. Probably refused to wear a mask in the emergency room as well. I'm sure. Maybe that's where he gets it. He doesn't get it from Robin. Gets it in the hospital. No, I I would like to think he gets it from Robin in the hospital. (laughs) That's the narrative I'd like to stick with. Anyway, we have so much more to go. It's probably, what, six, seven episodes since it's the mid-season preview? Something like that? That's a guess, y'all. TLC doesn't tell us anything special. We don't know. But there's lots of good stuff to come. Just a reminder that if you want to join us in the virtual cul-de-sac on Patreon.com, you can do that at Patreon.com slash survivingpod which is where you can also find our recaps of seasons one through eight of Sister Wives, as well as a ton of other content and the Discord that Corey mentioned earlier. So huge thanks to all of our patrons out there, except for the Basement Wife tier. All right, so this episode opens with Cody driving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's his business partner, Brian's wedding. He's going to be officiating. We know that's something that he loves to do, a way for him to be the center of attention in a group of people. And he's trying to enjoy the solitude of this drive because he's alone. That wasn't the plan, but now he's driving out there alone. So he's partway through Texas, the big old state to drive through to get over to Oklahoma. He's deep in thought. He's meditating. He's thinking about marriage. He's also thinking about divorce because those go hand in hand now for him. He spent a lot of the time stewing about Christine. That's what it's really about. He was supposed to be writing, what do you call it? Are they vows? Does the officiant have, like, what does is, is the officiant write? Their speech? What do you call it? Well, I think they wanted him to provide a little bit of a sermon type thing uh, ahead of time, too. So it was supposed to be part sermon, part vows, and officiant, <laughs> official, aficionado stuff. He's okay with going to this wedding, which is a surprise, but COVID cases are down. And I did look it up just to double check if Cody got his facts right. And this was the lowest point of COVID in the United States. Pretty accurate. So yeah, 11,000 or less cases in the U.S. for COVID. Janelle was trying to point out the hypocrisy of Cody living these strict protocols that he's been talking about for so long, being super cautious with Robin and her house. But now he's going to go out and travel. This is the first mention Cody makes in the episode of being gaslit. He thinks that Janelle is gaslighting him with this argument. Oh, he knows that Janelle is gaslighting him. (laughs) Since he's been careful for 15 months. Family wasn't getting together before that. Now they're just not getting together because the family doesn't want to. We don't like each other anymore. So that's the point where I'm like, hold on a minute. Rewind. Isn't Cody the one who's been gaslighting everyone? Because when COVID started... He told everyone they had to stay away from each other. This is part of the protocol. There are others who are not joining our faction. They are not obeying the protocol rules. So that means that we can't get together. So here's my thing. I can let it slide on the part where Cody's saying Janelle's giving him a hard time about traveling, which is kind of bullshit because he traveled with Janelle to go get the RV And then they also went to Janelle's niece's wedding last weekend, which I don't know if they said that they traveled for necessarily. It might have been local, but we can probably assume there might have been at least a little bit of travel and it was a large gathering. So if Janelle's giving him a hard time about that, I can see where Cody's saying that's kind of bullshit. But the problem that we have here is that Cody's defense is that he's going into the COVID excuse during COVID was we can't get together as a family because of COVID. But now he's saying, oh, no, that wasn't ever the case. It's we never wanted to be together. So that's where it's like, well, you're wrong on that. Well, right. And 
their side of it, so Janelle and Christine's side of it, was you don't want to get together with us during COVID. They've swapped positions. I don't know how it happened, but yeah, we've flipped to that. But for Cody to say that Janelle is gaslighting him is ridiculous because Cody is literally gaslighting everyone else in the family right now. And I I think she's trying to make the point that it doesn't make sense that if you're okay with going out and traveling, why are you still obeying such strict protocols in your household that is also keeping us from seeing each other? Why is the exception being made for travel? Right. Why can't we just get together as a family and see each other then? If we're all okay with going to these large gatherings separately, why can't we do a large gathering with our own family. Exactly. I think that's where she was trying to go with it, but they weren't really connecting the dots for us fully. Yeah, it was like pieces of that, and it more so fell on, it sounded like she was harping on the travel aspect, and that's not the point. It's not the travel. That's the disconnect that they're having. Right, I don't think it's about the travel at all. She's wanted him to travel with her. But when it comes to travel, Cody's just sad that he's making this trip alone. He wishes that his one true wife, Robin, could have come along because she was supposed to. She was supposed to come along. To help officiate this wedding, I guess? I guess. What? Did, how many plus ones do you give to a polygamist? That's a tough situation. That's a hard call. And I think it would depend. Yeah, and if he's officiating too, well, maybe give him some leeway. What I want to know is who's filming. Because this wasn't professional shot footage. This was all self-shot cell phone footage that was happening. Most of it on the drive was just Cody himself filming. But there were times... At the ceremony where Cody was up officiating and somebody else is recording and it's still cell phone footage. So we did not have a camera crew. So who was behind the camera? Who was given that very important job? Maybe that was why he was going to have Robin come along (laughs) to run the camera for him. He doesn't know how to use a camera phone. We already know that Gabe is the unofficial official cinematographer for the family as we discovered on last episodes, maybe it was Gabe. Maybe he was behind the camera. He would never get invited on a car ride that long with Cody. Was he in the bed of the truck? I don't think so. Where was he? I don't think <laughs> you so. You got a ride in the back, Gabe, the whole way. They just handed it off to anybody who was there. Why didn't Robin end up coming? Was the nanny busy? I think the nanny was booked. Overbooked, probably. Did she maybe realize the last moment that the optics probably weren't so good? Did she get scared? I don't think she would have put of those. Of the gathering? I don't think she would have put that together. She wouldn't have realized that maybe it's not a good idea for me to to go in that capacity and to travel and to be the wife that he goes to a wedding with. Do we think that maybe she's still cautious, more cautious than Cody about COVID and got worried about going to a wedding? I think that's a big part of it. The woman who didn't write the rules. Sticking to the rules and she's just afraid about it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. But what is Cody to do without his muse? He has no inspiration to write these vows. He's just wallowing through the muck and the mire of this divorce. Those are the only thoughts that are clouding him. That's the demon that followed him here. Christine. As he referred to, is to Christine <laughs> as a demon. I love that she was clearly going through it when they filmed the confessional footage for this episode because she has some spicy things to say at multiple turns in this episode. The first being when she's like talking about Cody officiating a wedding. Right. Yeah. She's like, oh, I thought that would be, that's a good idea. It's something for him to do, something for him to kind of reflect on maybe. Get him away from here for a few days. That's always oh, that's helpful. A, that's a plus. Yeah. Is he going to wear a mask though when he does it? How is he going to follow his COVID rules and officiate this wedding? Again, the logistics. Is everyone following the nanny's guidelines at the wedding? 
How does this work? Are we sending photocopied lists of the rules ahead of time? No, we don't know. Robin just hopes that Cody heals up on this trip because he's been a really angry guy lately. Lately? (laughs) I'm telling you, I do not believe what Robin's playing out for us here. I am convinced that she's just always got to convince us that no matter how bad it is for everyone else, it's so much worse for her. You think that it's such a great thing that Cody's at my house all the time? Well, he is just terrible to live with. Yeah, I think it's definitely played up. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there are times when Cody's just absolutely terrible to be around. Oh, we, we know for sure that Cody must be horrific to live with. But for her to act like she doesn't want him there and that it's an inconvenience for him to be there at her house all the time, not true. That's where it's bullshit, yeah. But meanwhile, over at Christine's house, we're recounting the terrible experience that we had telling Truly about the moving to Utah, about the divorce. But the good news is that Christine's been able to start boxing things up more openly now. And it's also been encouraging Truly to start packing too. So we're going to check in with Truly and actually get a conversation on camera, talk through it with her a little bit, see where she's at. Apparently, Truly is just packing things up in her room voluntarily now. She has decided that's it, we're going. It took her all of one day to think over what she heard. This, a lot of this news, more than one thing, moving, her parents being being divorced, not getting divorced. They're already divorced, according to Christine. And she tells Christine, because they sit on the bed, they're having a little conversation that seems pretty scripted for the cameras in a way. She didn't know necessarily what was going on, but she could tell that Christine was kind of unhappy and that in hindsight, something seemed to be up. Which then Christine feels guilty about because she thought that she did this preemptively. She thought she did this before her and Cody's relationship got really bad, where they were constantly arguing or outwardly fighting with each other and making it difficult. To be fair, it's hard to argue with someone who's never there. Never there. So maybe it was a blessing that he didn't come over the house more. Probably a good thing. But Christine still blames herself here for, for being sad. And it's like, you can't blame yourself for that. I did really like how Christine handled the situation that after they talked about what was going on, she told Truly, if you want to talk to somebody about it, here are some people that you could reach out to. And we find out that she actually did that. She called her grandma Annie. She called Aspen. And uh, she learned a little something when she did that, which is that everyone else seemed to know already that this was happening. And she was the last to know. Right. So there's kind of that element of betrayal, which we talked about was going to be a factor here. Whenever you leave somebody last to find out, it's always fun. Well, you could thank your dad for that. Pretty much because he was going to tell you about it, too. And then we just kept putting it off, putting it off because he didn't want to admit that this is something that's actually happening. She was upset more so. It seemed that they only had a few months to go before they moved by time she was told. And she would have liked to have had more time. To have that sink in and probably also spend time with the people there in Flagstaff who she wanted to before she moved. But if Cody had it his way, he would have told her as the things were being packed into the moving truck. Well, here's the bad news, son. We got three days. (laughs) He has done it before. (laughs) (laughs) That is a literal quote from when they were breaking the news to the children that they were leaving Lehigh. Moving to Vegas in three days. Pack your shit. She also very astutely points out that she is the person who's going to be affected the most by it since she is the one who is moving with Christine. And yet she was not told until the very end, until everyone else knew. Would have been nice to know. 
Now, what did you think about the fact that people thought that this was kind of like scripted? I mean, to an extent, yeah, you have to recreate a conversation that you already had. So there is going to be a little bit of kind of a recycled conversation that's happening on the camera, which is going to feel scripted in that sense because it's already taken place. Yes. And I think, too, that maybe this was done a little purposely in that they were allowing Truly to choose her words very carefully since her dad is a narcissist who seems to be handling the divorce very poorly and likes to take things out on his children when he doesn't like the things that come out of their mouths. So maybe some food for thought that maybe it sounded scripted, but perhaps that was by design to protect Truly in a way. I had a very similar suspicion as well, too, where when Truly's talking about it, where she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it was a shock. It was kind of surprising and it was a lot to take in, but I think I'm okay with it. I'm fine now. And that's where it's like, no, I don't think you are. Because Christine had pointed out, too, was she's putting on a brave face and I don't think she understands how much of an impact it's having on her yet. And maybe that'll come with time. But she thinks she's over the initial shock of it, but she's not going to be over this for a while in practice, in theory. I think probably once they actually move, some of those feelings will probably like come back up for her that now it's real. We're not near the rest of the family. There's like the excitement of being near some of her siblings that she hasn't seen in a long time. But is that going to be enough of a distraction? Because I think that's what Christine is hoping for. Well, and then she's trying to not add to it as well, too. I think that's something else that truly is trying to be mindful of, where she could tell something was up with Christine. She could tell that things were rough between her mom and her dad's relationship. You don't want to make things more complicated by adding in your own emotional situation as well, too, sometimes. So I can see that angle of it playing a factor for her, where she's just trying to power through it here and get it over and done with. So she's putting on a front. She's putting on a face. Cody doesn't seem to pick up on that. No, you had some great theories. Cody does not. He seems to think that Truly's reaction to this and that she's kind of blowing it off is because Christine has been very unfair to him. And she's leading the kids down that path to feel like it's not a big deal. Well, and here's the thing. They had a heart-to-heart talk. Cody said, Truly, so you heard about the divorce? And she said, Yeah, but I think I'm fine. And he said, Okay. You know why? That was the wrong answer, Truly. That was not the answer that daddy was looking for. He was looking for you to be devastated so that he could weaponize it against mommy. Well, that would have been best case scenario for him, but that's not what happened. And clearly, Cody is not a psychologist. He's just a shitty parent. (laughs) In his own words. (laughs) I'm a fucking parent. He's something. He's a bleeping parent. (laughs) So you can fill in the blank like a Mad Libs for Cody's parenting. They pretty much wrap up this conversation. Well, truly wraps up the conversation because... Christine is trying to, I guess, make the situation better by offering truly the primary bedroom. If you want to sleep in there, once Gwen moves out, you could do that for like the last month that we're here. And Truly's like, I'm good. I don't need to do that. And also, I got to go because my ramen's on the stove. I got dinner cooking. I got things to do, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She's learning from Janelle. It looks like there's rain. The sky's looking a little dark in the distance there. I got to get going. Got some weather moving in. But Cody wishes that they still didn't have to move. Make this make sense. He's asked Christine at least 10 times to explain it to him. Why does she have to move to Utah? It still doesn't make sense. I like that he admitted she's definitely told me a couple times why she's doing it. 
But I'm going to need her to do that again because it's just not sinking in. I just kind of zone out. Towards the end there, it's... Uh, I get like halfway through. It's hard. <laughs> All right. Should we head back to Tulsa? Yeah, we're in Oklahoma, right? Okay, that's oh, all you. And then that's how you remember how to spell it, too. O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A. Oklahoma. We gotta watch it. Never heard this song. It's the musical, Oklahoma. I know of the musical, but I've I've never heard the song, never seen the musical. Alrighty. Don't attack me in the reviews. Okay. <laughs> well, and just like any group project participant, Cody still hasn't prepared he's, for his portion. He's two-thirds of the way prepared. Not at this point. Oh, no. That's later in the episode. You're right. He, the, is, he is zero. He is zero, zero percent prepared. Yeah, none percent. <laughs> this is when he gets to the hotel. Yes, which <laughs> is a very interesting time because, as it turns out, Cody had the whole car ride to come up with some great stuff. That was the time that he set aside to work on this, to really work through it. And he just didn't. There was no great stuff that came up. On the car ride here. He spent the whole time thinking about Christine, thinking about what a bitch she is and starting to write those watcher letters to her. Yeah, he was fighting with that demon on his shoulder <laughs> all the way here. Dear Christine Alred Brown, <laughs> you have a beautiful home <laughs> and three beautiful daughters. What are their names? <laughs> I hope to learn in time. <laughs> if you haven't watched The Watcher, go ahead and throw that on on Netflix. It's nothing like the real case, but it's an entertaining series to watch <laughs> plus you'll get a lot more of these jokes as well too yeah that's that's probably the most important part but oh my god not to say that he hasn't done any work at this point because we do have i was able to pause the screen and catch a glimpse of his notepad that he was jotting down feverishly because he holds that up and touts that this is how much work he's put into this so far here's where we are as of sunday june 27th 2021 Header at the top, Brian and Judith wedding day, followed by Brian and Judith. Please take each other by the hands and look deep into each other's eyes. Please remember that moment, the epiphany when you know you were in love with the other. That is verbatim the words that are written on the notepad. <laughs> I did not stumble through that. That is literally how they're written. It's really sad that they're so little. And yet so much of it is just like the general instruction you would give. That's please hold hands. He needs the reminders for himself too. They didn't actually, did we see them holding hands at any point? I don't think they did. He forgot that part. Did he nix it from the script? Maybe for the vows. They might've done it for the vows. Okay. Not for his, I guess you could call it sermon. Uh, yeah. I think this was mostly focusing on the vows. He was just going to wing the sermon. <laughs> we know he's done that in the past. He trusts himself on the sermon. And that's when they remind us that Cody hasn't preached in a very long time. We know he used to run the family church services when they moved from Lehigh to Vegas, and they had to have their services in their home. And when he officiated Maddie and Caleb's wedding, never forget him knighting Caleb. Yeah, but he's been closed on Sunday. He's Chick-fil-A <laughs> uh, for the past couple years. But then this is where Janelle has to remind us yet. She doesn't know where Cody stands spiritually anymore, but she does know that officiating weddings is really important to him. Any chance at the spotlight is really important to Cody. <laughs> That's why he likes it. Loves it. Another snarky comment from Christine here about it's really interesting to have him officiating a wedding when his marriage to me is 
over. And I guess you could say his marriage to Mary is basically over. And his marriage to Janelle is pretty rocky. I noticed that we didn't get her take on his uh, relationship with Robin at this point, though. She made sure to keep that off the books. I mean, is he a failure in marriage? He seems to be a thriving monogamist, right? A failed polygamist. A throbbing monogamist. <laughs> As we know, Robin is very impressed by her 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 Pinterest. Man with a, a throbbing vocabulary, I believe it was. If you haven't checked out Robin's Pinterest, you need to go ahead and do that. She's still actively pinning weekly. She's tried to change her name a couple of times, but it just keeps getting funnier. <laughs> she doesn't know, but she might be in on the joke. I think it's Robin Brow now. Well, there's no N. It's Robbie Brow. Robbie Brow. <laughs> five or something like that. Yeah. Might be zero five or it's just five. But I mean, anything mentioning a brow. Come, <laughs> come on. on. Yeah, come on. Come on. The, the stuff, jokes write themselves. It's just come on. He's really, the well's dry here, right? He can't come up with any good things to say about being married. So he's going the Robin route and he's just going to pray for God to give him the words. I'm just going to word salad. I'm just going to get up there and start chopping. There's going to be carrots. There's going to be spinach. There's going to be lettuce, red onions, white onions. I'm just, I'm just going to bring the hammer down. Did you catch him say he doesn't usually get nervous when it's time to perform? To perform? (laughs) Cody doesn't get performance anxiety. Also, he was looking pretty manic. He's doing the manic, the laughing, the cracking. He barely blinks. His eyes are so big. He's got that tripod set up so that the phone is way too close to his face. So I think that's about as far as Cody got with writing what he, the thoughts he had, because by the time he pulls up to Brian's ranch, he is still not done with everything that he has to prepare for the ceremony. But this is where he's two thirds prepared. At this point, when he's driving to the ranch, which then they're subsequently going to go to the ceremony in Tulsa, two thirds. So what's the first third? The first third was winging it. We're just, we got word salad for the sermon. That's fine. And then the second part was we wrote down the instructions that we wanted to really get verbatim to keep it on point. Then the vows. I think he skipped the vows. The vows is the three. He went straight to, he went straight to the introducing them as husband and wife part and left the vows blank. It's very exciting. But yeah, I think the vows are the third that we have left off this list. He's two thirds prepared. That is the one third that is missing from this equation. Now we have to get some background on this relationship between Brian and Cody, right? Like how good of friends are they that he was willing to drive how many hours? It's like 10 hours from Arizona. Something crazy, you know, in a pandemic when he has been bunkered down for a year and a half at least now, and hasn't even prioritized the major events in his children's lives. So why is he here? It's because he met Brian at a sporting event, and they became business partners eventually, selling... Barbecue sauce? (laughs) (laughs) Not not barbecue sauce. Not barbecue sauce? Okay. Well, because when we rolled up on Brian, that's what he's doing. I didn't know that that was a wedding day tradition, to be roasting out over the spit here. Smoking up some BBQ before you go down the aisle. You have to tend to the barbecue. You cannot leave it alone. This is a round-the-clock job. Right. We're smoking it low and slow. So back to their origin story, I guess as you can put it. They met at a sporting event. Cody introduced him to Janelle. And then every time they met after that, he would introduce Brian to another wife. Every time they showed up somewhere new, there was Mary. Then there was Christine. Then there was... Janelle. Janelle. Those were the only three at the time. (laughs) The OGs. 
And so eventually he was like, I'm going to need you to explain this to me because I'm confused about why you keep saying this is your wife, but then you have a different one every time we meet. How often are you getting married (laughs) and divorced? It didn't make any sense. But then it made sense because he's a polygamist. And Brian was like, oh, okay, well, you can have more than one wife as long as I don't have to. That's fine. And as long as you sell guns real well. Well, yeah, because Brian, I think, had some trouble with the law, too, from what I've heard. There are some rumors on the interwebs about Mr. Brian and his background, but we don't need to get into that because we're going to meet him for one episode. We're never going to see him again. The only thing more stressful than getting married would be getting married four times. So Brian's not looking to do that. Or getting married to Cody. Let's let's correct that. Yeah. (laughs) But Cody's actually actively questioning, should he stop Brian from doing this? Should he talk him out of this? Is this his job? Is that his duty? He is the worst person you could possibly ask to officiate your wedding. He's, it's the 11th hour now. He is driving Brian to the ceremony. And he's like, if you want to bail, man, let me know. And I will turn this truck around. Because Cody's been telling Robin that Brian's making a mistake getting married. And Robin's over here like, what? (laughs) You can make a mistake getting married? Even though that's been the excuse that she's had for her first marriage and subsequent divorce. Little did we know. Cody should be questioning other people's judgment. It's really just his own judgment that's poor. Yeah, I like how we had to have this day. Usually the officiant or whoever you're having at your wedding day, they're like supporting you and they're encouraging you. But then this is slowly turned into Brian has to reassure Cody that yes, Brian wants to get married and that's why he's here. And you should complete the job that we hired you to do. Please just do this thing and then leave. That's all we need. So now we have to see the ceremony start because they have managed to convince Cody to go through with it. And it is Scott's tot's level of cringe. Cody has a lot of mixed emotions about marriage right now. So he's very conflicted. And there's no better place to be questioning all of these things than in front of a crowd of people at a wedding that you're officiating for your best friend. So he starts the ceremony and he's rambling about his friendship with Brian. Then he looks over at Judith and he's like, you nervous? And she's like, Fuck yeah, I'm nervous. I don't know what's about to come out of your mouth, dude. You're Brian's friend, not mine. Yeah, I don't know this guy. And then we get to see all of the amazing advice that Cody has come up with, which are just lessons from his failed marriages. Yeah, that was the note that I had jotting down as well, too, was that it's basically just lessons learned. Things that Cody has figured out through his failures of marriage. Number one, you can't change each other. So don't try to do that. Number two, negotiate. That's important. You got to figure out how you can help each other achieve your goals. Quid pro quo. Don't compromise. Win wins only. And three, be each other's biggest fan. Cut to Robin, who is so impressed watching this footage of Cody that she says that Cody says and does things that other people only wish they could. And this is where I slow clap. For the editor and say, you, sir, deserve an Emmy because to show that, to troll them after saying, be each other's biggest fan, touche. Is that why Cody had to have so many conversations with Christine to explain it to him? Because he was trying to glean more information that he can put into his vows that he was supposed to be writing for these people? (laughs) He was looking for another lesson. He's like, I got two. I really need three. I at least need three for the Trinity. The bedroom is sacred. (laughs) 
<laughs> How many did he remove? <laughs> yeah. I want to see the edited list before he removed any. Always get a custody agreement. Learn each other's birthdays. Oh, but then he gets to his favorite part. He gets to announce them. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. Bob Vance. <laughs> it was very Michael Scott. That's it what gets I'm worse. About. It gets worse once they get to the reception and the dancing begins. Oh, yeah. He's dancing up a storm over here. He's the only one dancing, which I thought was strange because they had to add in music for the footage for the show. But I just like to imagine that there was no music going on, <laughs> that it was just Cody dancing around, trying to get this party started, like Elaine on Seinfeld with the little kicks. <laughs> but just no music. They just dropped that in in post because otherwise it would have been really fucking awkward. You got to watch it with the sound muted to get the real life experience. Oh, I'm going to have to make a TikTok of that, which is the ambient, <laughs> just the ambient noise, no music to it at all. An aggressive breathing. <laughs> just like a fork dropping somewhere in the room. <laughs> Yeah, I might have to make that a TikTok. You know he's the guy who sits there the whole time trying to clink the glasses to get the couple to kiss. Are they going to do that at this wedding, you think? I don't know. I didn't get the feeling that Brian was a Mormon. Did you? Oh, no. No, no, no. I think this is just his kooky friend, and they were like, guys, watch. I think this We're is not just... taking this wedding real seriously. I think this is just a paperwork shuffle by Cody's standards. <laughs> <laughs> don't take it too seriously. He's like, you guys are going to be so entertained by this guy. You got to see him. He's a nut. Wait, Slate gets up there. I don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. But we got to do it. We got to book him. Save a spot on your dance card because he's going to be out there all night covered in sweat, head to toe. And again, I just want to know who was filming it for the majority <laughs> of it, too. I'm so curious. I don't know. But yeah, so we're finding out that Christine's kids are finding out about Cody officiating this because Janelle's kids knew maybe because Gabe was filming. I don't know. Why is that? That is a conspiracy theory that you want to hold on I to. Want it. I want that one. That one's mine. <laughs> but then the sad part of the episode here is that Isabel goes immediately to where we all went as well. How can Cody justify going to officiate someone's wedding who he's friends with when he didn't even come to my surgery when I needed him? That's a great question, Isabel. Cody tells us. It's not about the relationship aspect. This shouldn't even come up. It's because I would be away from the family for six to eight weeks going to the surgery. It only took me four days to go to this wedding. We're talking apples and oranges because at that time, six to eight weeks is impossible. A man cannot be away from his family for that long, which basically deduces that Isabel is not Cody's family because he let her go to her surgery alone for six to eight weeks. So how does that work? He had to get clearance from Robin. It was really hard to get four days of PTO. His whole PTO time got wiped out at the beginning of COVID, and he's been trying to earn that time back. The thing I don't get about the time argument, right? That's if you went for the entire surgery. That's what I'm saying. You had options, sir. You didn't have to go for the whole thing. You didn't even have to travel for it. When she came back, how come you weren't in that house helping her recovery? That was something that you could have done. Yeah, to not help at all or in any way, shape, or form or any part of the process. And then also to tell her, no, I'm not going to come with you to move you in when you have to leave at the end of the summer. Right. That's still a decision that's being made too. It's interesting that we mentioned the surgery and had to go to that comparison. That's because that was something that he had an excuse for. But for Isabel moving to North Carolina coming up in a couple of months in August, not that far away. 
we don't have an excuse for that, apparently. At least not one that's good enough to deliver on camera. You would think that that would be your opportunity to try to make things right with your kid after having missed such a big thing to be part of the next big thing that's happening in her life, but doesn't seem like he's going to be doing that. So maybe that's where the blow-ups are going to be happening. The knife in the kidneys conversations, there's been a lot of speculation of where that conversation is going to fall. Obviously, it's not related to this episode. Doesn't look like it's in the subsequent ones. Maybe that's closer to when Isabel is leaving because he has to make the relationship very tense between him and Christine and have that be the excuse why he couldn't go. That's a good theory. Why else aren't you going to go? Unless he and Robin get COVID when she goes on this trip. To me, that's the only excuse you can have at this point, dude. But Christine's pissed now because she's pointing out this as well, too. Family over friends. That's not the case for Cody. Cody thinketh she protesteth too much trying to make him a villain. Look, we can't all talk Shakespeare, okay? (laughs) Man, when when he said protesteth too much, I was like, (laughs) okay, man. Okay. He Well, we can tell based on his journal entries, I don't think Cody was in AP English. (laughs) I think it's safe to assume that. Christine's so pissed. She's like, I can't respect this man anymore. At one point, she's like, I'm not married to him. So it's not my problem. I don't have to respect his decisions anymore. And good thing, because I don't. (laughs) And then cut to Cody saying she needs to hold a mirror up in her own face. Come up with better comebacks. Yeah, because I think this is, again, he's focusing too much on the travel element. It's the same issue that we had where Janelle was calling him out earlier in the episode. And he was going against that, too. Because he's trying to say that Christine was at fault for the travel, the risks, all the dangers that were going on at the time. For the surgery. for the, Around the surgery. And so that's why he couldn't go because he's so responsible and he couldn't put the family at risk. So it was just time for Isabel to shut up and keep living every day in pain. Even though we could have done the surgery six years ago, way the fuck before COVID, but let's not talk about that part of it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cody has managed to make it home from Oklahoma after four long days. And now he's out on Coyote Pass because Janelle is not having an easy time with the RV. Yeah, they're leveling the RV again. But this seems like the first time that they've ever done this. It would appear. I don't think they did it right the first time. I think that was probably what was going on. It seemed to be a bit of a rush job. And then also a good enough sort of a wipe your hands clean and walk away sort of a stance here at the end of this segment as well. 
Yeah, Janelle is me because she's too afraid to touch anything. She's like, I can't touch anything. I'm afraid I'm going to break it. I don't want to fuck it up. Well, because that's the thing here too is that Janelle doesn't know how to set this up for long-term living because normally with an RV, you would go, you'd park it someplace, you'd set it up for two, three nights, maybe a week, and then you're going to pack that puppy up and take it on down the road. But this guy, we got him planted here, this 15,000-pound trailer here. It's just parked on the land. It's just slowly sinking into the bog. <laughs> well, part of it's sinking. It's going down like the Titanic. It's, yeah, again, it's on. Un- it ends up, the ass is up in the air. It's all un- uneven. So she's got Cody and Gabe out here today trying to help her figure out how to get this thing level. And pretty much everyone's just yelling at each other. Oh, and it's more Benny Hill interactions that are happening here as well, too, where it's somebody's running inside to check a level. Somebody's coming over here. Oh, this side's level. Oh, but now this side's sticking up and they're just playing whack-a-mole with the RV at this point. Gabe's just standing in the doorway, making it hard for Cody to come up and down the stairs. Yeah, we had another, oh, hey, Gabriel, type of a moment here when Cody's trying to walk in with the big old levels so he can get a reading of the RV on the inside there and Gabe won't move out of his way. He's just (laughs) ignoring him. And Cody has to kind of slink by. Can I tell you, I would have never thought that you had to level an RV. I don't know why. That does make a ton of sense. But also how annoying it would be if it wasn't level. Well, that's why normally at most RV camper site locations and stuff, there is it's concrete that you would come and park it on. So then that way it basically is level. Gotcha. It's a solid foundation that you're on. But she has it parked on dirt. It's just not even. It's not even. So I guess they never got the concrete pad, right? They talked about it. They just put some stone down. So I think they were worried about some people getting upset about a concrete pad that would end up on their lot because they're going to have to bounce this RV back and forth between a couple different lots. So they would have to pour several concrete slabs around at different parcels of land. Why don't we just see how the first one goes? Let's see how this first one goes, because then I'm sure that they looked at what the cost would be because, of course, Cody was going to have to rent an entire semi-truck full of concrete, an entire truck to come (laughs) out. And he was like, whoa, that's really expensive. Let's just try the rocks and see how that goes. Meanwhile, she's sliding into the ravine. Yeah, she's just slowly slipping into the crater (laughs) at Coyote Pass. (laughs) But she's on the land, and that's a really positive thing, right? Christine's loving it. She's only a mile down the road from her house now, and Jill just swings by. They have breakfast together. Janelle's doing her laundry over there. She has to come do her laundry at Christine's. <laughs> Let it be known. She has to because she doesn't have running water. Christine's not the only wife who's a mile away. Turns out that Robin is just right down the road as well, too. Four-minute car ride over to the property. And she's been taking advantage of that because Robin is now coming over to the land, which is something that I don't recall ever having heard her have interest in before, where she just goes to what would have been her property. I believe she said, interesting wording, and then sits on a bench that's there and just stares at Janelle's RV. Literally just sitting there (laughs) on a bench at Coyote Pass. That is the time that Robin has on her hands. While the nanny's caring for the kids, going grocery shopping, doing whatever else she does, taking care of their schoolwork. Well, then the real mystery for Robin is that of all the time that she's spent out there, which I'm sure is several days at this point, maybe not concurrently, but any time that she's gone out there to the land, Janelle has never been in the RV. Otherwise she would swing by and say hello and be sociable 
like that. Why wouldn't Robin do that? Of course she would. But maybe she's just getting up at the crack of noon and she's going out there when Janelle's at work and she hasn't figured that one out yet. Yeah, Janelle wakes up at like five in the morning. Janelle is gone. (laughs) She has started her day, ma'am. Two or three o'clock in the afternoon. She's got shit to do today. That where she's like, you know, that top bunk that they showed us, the loft area that you have to go up. She's hiding up there. She's like, fuck, Robin's back again. Pulling all the curtains down. Turn the generator off. Turn it off. (laughs) Savannah, be quiet. Or she's over at Christine's house, apparently, enjoying Uh, brunch. That must be. Some mimosas. (laughs) That's what it is. Robin's trying to gather intel because I'm sure Janelle's complaining to Cody. And then Robin's like, she hasn't been out there that much. Anytime. I've been out on the land because I'm out on the land too because I love being on the land, Cody. You think this is another way for her? But I haven't seen her out there. She is not there. You think this is another way that she's trying to blow up Cody and Janelle's relationship? Yeah, she's like, I don't know what she's complaining about so much. Every time I've been out on the land, I haven't seen her out there. Ingenious. Just more watcher behavior, you know. (laughs) Your greed brought you to Coyote Pass. (laughs) Mary has basically given up thinking about Coyote Pass. She's like, look, we've had it a long time. Nothing's been done on it. I don't think about it anymore. It's not part of my daily life. Well, yeah, and I like how Christine was into it initially. Her stance, she bought into that vision. Okay, let's build. Let's raise all the kids here together. Be close as a family again. But they bought the land, and then they did nothing, nothing, and more, nothing. They didn't do anything. And then her relationship with Cody just got worse and worse until she couldn't take it anymore. So the simple decision here, now that Christine is faced with, she doesn't want anything to do with the land. So now she has this house that she purchased in the move to Flagstaff. The simplest thing for her is probably to just keep anything that she would from the house, whether she sells it or rents it or whatever, anything from that property, that's hers, And then she's just going to hand them her share of Coyote Pass because she doesn't want it. Why is she going to fight for that? She wants to come build a vacation lot on Coyote Pass to come stare at his house with Robin where they're walking around where he's doting on her. No, we're not going to come hang out. After watching Robin sit on that bench, I am worried for all of them living on a lot adjacent to her. Man, they were worried about Mary getting the pond. You should be worried about Robin getting a bench (laughs) anywhere on that land. You think she's making sure that Janelle's not walking on her property? She's checking those property lines, making sure that RV's back on the other side. The property line, the property line. Anyway, so back to the RV. They're trying to use the auto level feature to get things straight. Oh, tell me more about the auto level feature, Carly. What's going on with that? I'm assuming that what it does is... automatically level Ah, (laughs) the RV. uh Um, But it's probably using like sensors, some type of technology to do so. (laughs) Really? Wow. But it's doing a poor job of it because Uh it's still not fixing the issue. It's not level. The auto level is not leveling. So now nobody knows what to do except for Gabe. Well, I love how Cody was like, no, you can't be using the auto leveler. Auto level's not working. We're manually leveling. That's how we're leveling. And then like two seconds later, he's like, well, did you auto level it? (laughs) It's like you said not to. You said we were manually leveling. So no. That's why Gabe's just trying to take things in his own hand. He's in there pushing buttons. Cody's getting mad because he doesn't think 
that Gabe has read the manual for this RV and he doesn't know what he's doing. Has anybody read the manual for this thing? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the answer to that is no. Because, again, another thing where it's just in the next breath, Cody's saying the opposite thing. Because Cody is also mad that Gabe apparently is the only one who knows how to auto level and do the controls in the RV. And that's not fair because we all need to know how to do it. But then in the next breath, Gabe doesn't know anything about what's going on with this RV. He has no idea how to function any of this stuff. But then while you're there, you're complaining that he's the only one who knows this stuff. It's because it didn't get fixed. That's why. Also, he's acting like Gabe has never been in an RV before when literally Garrison is living in a trailer that he helped him renovate completely from inside out. I think he knows a thing or two, but this might be a fish that's a little too big for him. 15,000 pound RV that they're <laughs> trying to level here in the muck in in the in the dirt. This is where we have to cut to the couch. We get another sad scene with Gabe. We haven't had one in a while, but here we are for our update on where things are. Not good. Pretty shitty. He is questioning what's going on with his dad. Things are just always tense when they're around each other. He feels like Cody's pretty much done putting in any effort to have a relationship with him. And he's questioning what he did wrong to cause Cody to treat him like that. And the reason he's questioning is because Cody is gaslighting him. But when we hear from Cody, it's actually Gabe who's gaslighting Cody too. This now. is the second person gaslighting Cody in this episode. But then that's where, from Gabe's description, where he's like, it seems like he's mad at me about stuff, but I don't even know what I did wrong. Yeah, because he hasn't decided what to be upset with you about. He's just upset in general. He'll pick something and then he'll blame you for it, but he hasn't decided yet. So Janelle's still trying to figure out, we need to put boards under the tires. We're not done leveling. We got a lot of leveling going on. Emotional leveling, RV leveling. I thought it was funny too, where Christine was like, I don't want to move out on Coyote Pass. This is another reason why I don't want my plot of land, because I would have to be there with a not functioning marriage and see him actively with so many other functioning marriages. And it's like, meanwhile, we're intercutting his quote unquote functional marriage with Janelle, where they're just arguing about leveling this dumb fucking RV. <laughs> just yelling at each <laughs> just other. Screaming at each other. Having a blast out there, apparently. Making <laughs> memories on the land. We don't even see if they are successful in the end. Do, do they just give up? At one point, Janelle's trying, she's like, oh, the back stairs, look, these aren't level at all. And Gabe walks over and like extends the ladder out one little step and it's level now. And she's like, oh. I think your dad's getting frustrated. <laughs> I think he's a little overwhelmed. I think everybody's overwhelmed. <laughs> Janelle is just hoping that she is going to survive the time that she is out here in this RV because it seemed like a good idea. And it turns out it's a lot harder than she had anticipated. Homesteading isn't all it's cracked up to be, apparently, for Janelle. Today, Cody is coming over to Christine's house to talk about what they're going to do with her home. Why is he coming in the back door again? Why is he wearing gloves? <laughs> yeah, is he not allowed to use the front door at Christine's house anymore? He just keeps creeping through the slider. It's not even like the slider on the bottom floor. It's the top floor slider. The deck. He's coming up the stairs, the deck, onto the deck, opening the sliding door and coming in. And that fits with our uh, newly formed watcher theory as well, too. He apparently has just dropped off a letter. Didn't want to get any fingerprints or DNA on it rocking those OJ isotoners. I do not get why he is always wearing outdoor gloves. What is he doing? But again, yeah, with our relationship being in the status that it is, please do not creep through my slider door wearing gloves. 
unannounced, please. I have a taser and I will use it. Please do not do that. Okay. (laughs) But here's the gist again. Christine is definitely moving to Utah with Truly, but we're running into the issue of what to do with the house. Do we keep it? Do we rent it out? Do we sell it outright? What's the game plan here? So Christine makes the big mistake of finding out what Cody's input should be in this scenario. Why did you do that? I don't know why she asked his opinion because he legally has nothing to do with the house. We know that because she had him sign his interest in the house over to her prior to Isabel having her surgery done. Just lock the slider. (laughs) Just leave it. And now the fact that she's asking him things about it, it's like muddying the waters that he thinks that he has something to do with the house. Because then Christine runs through a whole situation, a whole scenario where Gwen is going to school in Flagstaff, but she hasn't been on campus to meet people to move in with or find a place in town. So she's thinking about maybe if she rents it out with a few other folks downstairs, Gwen could stay there. And then Christine has the upstairs here for her and Truly when she comes back to town. What do you think? Cody just shrugs. A response that he claims he doesn't give. Remember, he didn't shrug with the uh, conversation about the bedroom. But here, here he is shrugging again. Then he says that they should just sell the house because then they could use the money from the house to pay off Coyote Pass and Janelle could start building because Christine clearly has a lot of interest in doing that. That benefits her a lot. And this is where Christine realizes she's made a mistake because, (laughs) yeah, now Cody is figuring out what to do with the money from the sale of the house. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not why I invited you here. She never even mentioned selling the house. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. The plan was to keep it, to keep it and rent it. You saw the oh shit moment go across her face. Yes, it was an uh uh-oh moment for sure. Because yeah, then she's realizing, oh boy, this is going to be a whole mess. Right away, Cody starts claiming the house belongs to the family and she needs to give them the money from the house to pay off the lots. So then they could divide the lots up and then she could sell her lot to them. That's how she's going to get money out of this situation. Okay, so Cody's theory is that she'll sell the house and then the family will pay her for her portion of Coyote Pass. What, in the amount of the the house that's being sold? I doubt it. This is what doesn't make sense, right? How long is that process going to take? They've had this land for four, four years now? Going on. 2018? Will that even ever happen? What's going to happen once you give them the money from the house that you're selling? And they go ahead and start dividing up the lots. So is everybody going to have a fight again about whose lot is whose? Are we going to run into another issue with the county where we find out there were rules we didn't know? And then it's going to take years for you to get money from them if you even ever get anything. The other complication here being the fact that Christine is the one who's been making all the payments on the house. So no, she's not going to be funneling money into Coyote Pass. That is not her interest level at all in this scenario. Robin and Cody, though, gave Christine the money for her down payment because Christine couldn't qualify for the financing. So why don't they just sell the house and then Christine can hand them their down payment back? But that's not even the thing, too, because she's giving them the plot of land back from Coyote Pass. So if Cody's still wrapped up about, oh, there's a down payment here that I paid for, even if we said it was 20%, I doubt it would be twenty a full 20% because I don't think they have that kind of money laying around. But that would be like 100000 The plot of land that Christine has at Coyote Pass that she is giving up without an argument is probably worth a quarter of a million dollars right now. Just the land. You can call that an even wash. 
Can we rewind way back to Cody and Robin gave her money? Why is it Cody and Robin? Robin on her $0 a year plus benefits babe salary gave her money? What happened to the money from the sale of Christine's house in, in Vegas? That would, this, this is where it's like, where do you draw the line between family money and whose money specifically are we talking about? Because yes, Christine's house was last to sell. So I think that was the bitter irony of the Vegas move. She was the first one to list it and the last one to sell. But what happened with the money from that house? Because it certainly didn't go into her down payment because she had already bought a house before she sold her house. She sold that house for $535,000. She bought this house in Flagstaff for $525,000. But the purchase in Flagstaff was significantly before she sold the house in Vegas. So then what happened to that money subsequently? Where did that go? That just became the family's money. I don't know. This is where it gets ridiculous, where it's like, look, she just wants the money from the house. You guys keep the property. You're already ready to build on it and put income properties on there. So just make it a, a, a clean, even trade. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not an even trade at that point either, because even if they did the 20% down, that's 100000 they were valuing the land at 250000 without anything on it. So there's already, are you going to pay her for the difference? She's letting you get away with a win here. Cody is just thinking of the fact that he can get his hands on a big chunk of money very easily and pay off Coyote Pass. And that's all he's thinking about because he has no plan to pay it off otherwise. What are they going to sell the she Chateau and have Robin move out there in an RV? Right. That must be where Christine's money from her house in Vegas ended up as the down payment for Robin's million dollar home in Flagstaff. Right. Can we talk about the fact that Robin's home is nearly double the price that Christine's home was? So who paid for that? Again, on her zero dollars a year salary. Well, those affirmations, she's doing those 24 hours a day. So it's a full time job. But Cody's finally piecing this together. Okay, you're going to be a fourth roommate, essentially. And then Gwen and two roommates are going to live downstairs. And then you'll have access to the upstairs here that you'll need. But Truly's not even going to need to stay with you because she's going to have her own bedroom over here with me and Robin. So I don't know why you're even factoring Truly in on any of your decisions because she's going to live with me. I really actually liked Christine's plan because it gives Truly a place to go if she ends up not liking staying at Robin and Cody's house because that's something that could happen too, right? She could feel uncomfortable there. She could feel like she doesn't want to be there when she sees other kids being treated differently. Like there could be reasons why she might not want to stay at that house. Or, you know, Cody will never follow through with actually getting her a bedroom. Yeah, because then he even starts walking back on that idea at some point in this conversation as well, too. But before we even get to that, Ugh. we have to talk about the need, the absolute necessity of having a custody agreement in place. Otherwise, the state can just come in and take her. Okay, I was on his side about the fact that, look, we don't like Cody. We all agree he's a pretty terrible father, but he is Truly's dad. And he should have a custody agreement. But then when he started going to the scare tactic of saying they needed to have a custody agreement because the state was going to come take truly was beyond ridiculous. Well, and that <laughs> killed me too because Christine's reaction, she's like, what? Oh, really? That's, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> I love that Christine clearly knows a little bit more than Cody does because she's looked into it because she's, you know, initiating a divorce with somebody. And then he's trying to tell her things that are just clearly untrue, and she knows it. Absolutely insane. Because then also Cody doesn't want to get lawyers involved, doesn't want any legal documentation for anything, but he wants a custody agreement. 
That is what a custody agreement is. You have to draft up. There's legal documentation that has to go into that. Otherwise, how do you enforce a custody agreement? It, it, that's, it's, that's the whole point of it. It's a contract. Well, so I, right, it's a contract. But I think the hope is that you can do it in a way that you can mediate both sides, come to a fair agreement that you're both okay with, and then you avoid going to a court. I think that's what they're missing is that step where you, Cody's saying it's either you don't have one or you have to go and a judge decides what your custody arrangement is. That's not how the family court system works. That's not how this works. And Christine's basically saying, oh, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. We could probably just work it out. And it's like, well, yeah, you could. But then if somebody gets upset or something happens, there's nothing to enforce against. Or if somebody's not following those, there's no ramifications. There's no... There's nothing you can do to combat that. If I were her, I would be afraid that I would bring Truly back for a visit and or maybe Truly goes over to Cody's house for a visit before she moves and he won't give Truly back. That's where not having a custody agreement becomes a problem. In Christine's defense, she's like, why does he think that I don't want him to see his kids? I've always wanted him to see the kids. So why is this such a barrier? It almost seems like it's just another hurdle where he doesn't want to get involved because of the risk of it unless there's a custody agreement that's in his favor. Well, right. It's another way to control her. Everything that he's tried to do to control Christine throughout this hasn't been working. So now he wants to control her via Truly and this custody agreement. Because the other thing is he's not negotiating in good faith because he's asking for something ridiculous for a child who's going to live in another state to have 50-50 custody. He wants to have her 50% of the time. How is that going to work? Who's going to be driving her back and forth? How is she going to go to school if you're going to have 50-50 custody in two different states? You're asking for something that is not doable, but then you're saying you don't want to get the courts involved. Because here's the thing. Cody's heard in the manosphere, they say, if you're getting divorced, you're going to get screwed, bro. When he said the word manosphere, (laughs) that's where I was like, oh, oh, I get it now. Cody was Googling dad's rights, father's rights, and then he ended up on 4chan in a men's rights forum and learned all about the manosphere and men's rights and how when you get divorced, women try to screw you over and learning all about the hashtag patriarchy. And that's how we got here today. Right. Because Christine even has to remind him, too, we we weren't legally married, so we're not even divorcing. If you're afraid of us divorcing, there is no divorce because there was no marriage. (laughs) So what are you freaking out about, dude? But he's just full on paranoid now for everything. He's paranoid on her behalf because look, this is what's going to happen. If we don't get that 50-50 custody agreement, a lawyer is going to come in here, the government's going to come in and they're going to take all of your money. And then this is where Christine's like, oh, I get it. He just doesn't trust me. (laughs) And It's like, (laughs) correct. That is correct. That's the right answer. He's still trying to claim that the state of Utah is going to come after him. So they have to have this agreement made in Arizona. The least polygamy friendly state in the union. Might I remind you, Carly? Might I remind you that he wanted to move back to the least friendly state to polygamists in the, what was it? In the union. (laughs) In the union. (laughs) When they were going to move to Flagstaff, this plan before Flagstaff was St. George. But he never proposed that one. He wanted to. He wanted to, but he never did. (laughs) But now, forget it. He can't even cross the state line. You never saw him at Mary's B&B. He can't go to Utah. They left Utah under duress, mind you. Remember the flea high move? That's no laughing matter. They put egg 
on the state of Utah's face because they kicked Utah's ass in a lawsuit. Not so much in the appeal stages, <laughs> but uh, we're not going to mention that. <laughs> Christine at this point is like, all right, so are you going to make sure Truly has her own room? She'd really love that. That's when he starts getting all noncommittal about it because she's just done with this conversation. She's like, you can give her a room. Okay, well, because well, he's let's going, figure it yeah, out. He's going full tin foil hat here because he's like, Utah's out to get me. Christine's out to get me. They're going to collude. Collusion. Take truly. She's gone. Lawyers get the money. And she's like, OK, guy, are you going to do we have a room set up? Does my kid have a bed at Robin's house? That's all I care about now. Also, how are you going to ask for 50-50 custody of a kid who you don't have a bed in your home for? <laughs> That's when the state will get involved. <laughs> yeah. But this is where he even tries to double back on that because then Christine's mentioning, wow, yeah, Truly's really going to love having a room at Robin's house. That's so great that you're going to provide that for her. And then Cody has to shuffle around and yeah, man, she may or she may not. I don't know. And it's like, wait, she may or may not get a room or she may or may not love that. Are you saying that she might not get her? Is that what you're saying? I guarantee you that after seeing Aurora and Brianna walk through that RV, there is no way that the two of them are agreeing to share a room so that truly gets her own bedroom. So maybe he already made that pitch because this has been probably a month since he talked with Christine about it and made that huge stink about how he was going to get truly a room because yes, we got 50-50 custody going on. This is happening. This is happening. And maybe he had to pitch that idea to Robin and run that by her kids. And there's no feasible way to make that happen without digging into the pantry, without uh, eating through the stash a little bit there. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, if you are really dedicated to making this a positive experience for your child and looking out for their best interest, and Robin, who's supposed to be the number one sister wife here, how is she not helping to do this? Nobody cleared a room out. Nobody has truly come in over there to start spending nights and getting comfortable. They're not having her decorate her room, so she's excited about it. Just nothing. Nothing at all. Just empty promises. Empty promises. That's the moral here. So Christine doesn't want to get a lawyer. That's what she has to reiterate at the end of this conversation as well, too, in her confessional on the couch there. But she's worried that Cody might lawyer up now, and so then she's going to have to as well. But... For the love of God, just do a mediation because they're not realizing that that is a complete option where you don't need to go through the court system for that necessarily. It's just something where you're able to sit down with a couple of lawyers, put together that agreement, and then just have that documented at least, but you're not fully in on an entire process for that. I really want to see how this ends up playing out because we don't know, right? I don't think anybody knows what's been going on other than Christine did an interview with it was either People Magazine or Us Weekly, something like that, and talked about how Cody has only seen Truly a couple of times since they moved. And it's mostly because McKelty's taking her to Flagstaff, to Robin's house. And those are the times that he's seen her. Next episode, Cody deals with the divorce fallout as Christine prepares to leave Flagstaff. Yeah, Janelle's got nothing but problems with the RV still, still <laughs> going. And we're, we're in the easy months here. This is the summer months. It's not going to get any easier as we go into the later fall and winter time here. No, her feature is not looking very bright out on Coyote Pass. It's a rough go. She's roughing it. Then we've got Mary and Robin sitting down to have a heart to heart about the future of the family. They're just holding on. You got to hold on. And Isabel heads off to college. 
and Christine makes decisions about her house, not the family's house. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.